0: Welcome back to Storyteller Station friends. It has been a while. And let's just be honest, it has been a heck of a few months here. <laughs> um I my last podcast episode I explained to you why things had slowed down a bit for me and I had every intention of, you know, keeping things going and following through with some of the things I talked to you about last time um, when I was talking about serving you well and just really wanting to um, bring some inspiration and just continue on in some way. I was hoping for feedback. Did not receive any feedback directly about the podcast necessarily, But I had these two author interviews that I really wanted to get out to you, and so I am following through with that now, and maybe we'll talk more about the nature of things right now, about creating in the midst of difficulty and challenge, about well, there's a lot to talk about right now (laughs) about collective grief and, you know, a lot of other things that we could be talking about. But I really want to just, whatever I bring to you, whatever I share with you, I really want it to be encouraging and uplifting. And that doesn't mean that we don't talk about the real deal, right? We can still talk about the real deal and have this be encouraging. Um, I think that part of healing comes in kind of getting into our wounds sometimes and at least exposing them to the air and to the light so that they can they can begin to heal and if we just try to avoid our issues or problems uh, or feelings that can certainly complicate matters for us so that that is just it has been bundle of complications and time just seems to be flying and I'm sure I'm not the only one in our world. However, I would like to get back on track and I would like to become more consistent because if there's anything we need in this day and age right now, it's something comforting and consistent. And so I would like to try to be that for you. So today, I have an excellent interview to share with you, and I, I had the pleasure of interviewing this delightful human being, Carolyn Smith. I was blessed to have met her through a Facebook friend earlier this year, and she was happy to come on the show, which I was so happy about. We originally chatted in May, y'all. In May, after she had just released uh, her debut novel, Mulrocks and the Malcognitos. Now, this middle grade fantasy novel is a delightful tale of an ogre with a secret desire to become the world's greatest poet and with the unfortunate conundrum in the lack of good ideas. In fact, he believes his ideas are rotten. And when his terrible ideas come to life, this is when Malrox's quest begins. So the back of the book says, if you like prophetic rodents, spellbinding sneezes, and ferocious sheep, you'll love Malrox and the Malcognitos. It is a delightful book, and it's beautifully it's It's beautifully covered it's it it is a really pretty package so Carolyn worked on creating this beautiful package and refining the story of mall rocks and in my opinion, she's done a fabulous job. The book is beautiful, and the story is absorbing and not only that. But Carolyn, if you're, if you're interested in the book, that's great, but I'm talking about the person. Carolyn has a lovely Instagram feed where she shares photos of food, nature, her thoughts, and her work. So if you'd like to follow Carolyn on Instagram, go to Instagram.com backslash or just search Carolyn Smith author. She also has a website, carolynsmith.com. All of these links are provided in the show notes and on the blog at sarahfenlandfalk.com. So without further ado, I would like to get into the interview so that you can hear from the woman herself. This is my interview with Carolyn Smith. Good morning, Carolyn. Hey, Sarah. How are you this morning? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Glad to finally connect with you. Um, and here's an interesting thing for those of you who are listening and know a little bit about me. Um, I met Carolyn. She is a Facebook friend of a Facebook friend. So, (laughs) (laughs) Who says this social media can't help put people together, right?
1: Yeah, it's surprising what uh, it can do. Met a ton of great friends now through social media. (laughs) That's right. So
0: I am really excited to talk with you this morning, Carolyn. I'm so excited because your book is just it's really interesting and i i've only started reading it um but i really i think immediately you get kind of like sucked into this world and the characters and i already told you that we're going to be talking a lot about your book probably (laughs) today (laughs) even though um most of my interviews are focusing on you know craft and process (laughs) and that kind of thing um, I just found mall so interesting Aww, but before you. we oh you're very welcome <laughs> before I dive into all of that what I'd like you to do is um introduce yourself if you would just briefly whatever you want um to say um yeah and then we'll we'll get started with the with the uh you know, traditional questions that I ask.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, well, hi everybody. I'm super excited to be here. Uh, this is my first podcast, um, and I love podcasts, so I was super excited to be asked to be on this one. Um, and my name is Carolyn Smith, and I, my debut novel, Mulrocks and the Malcognitos, just came out at the end of March. Um, and it's a fantasy adventure novel um, aimed for middle grade readers so eight to twelve but I've had people from as young as four with a lot of help of parents reading to them and then as old as I think 78 at least that's what I know of uh, reading the book and enjoying it so that's been cool it's been awesome to get all that feedback Um, yeah so like primarily I think I'm like a Fantasy, speculative fiction, maybe a little bit of literary fiction. Writer, uh, but we'll see. This is my first book, so uh, you know,
0: <laughs> I like. To so you have pretty- room to grow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, explore exactly. what you would like to do. That's right.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's right. Well, I wondered. So this is your very first book. Mm-hmm. Could you share with us a little bit about how you started? writing in the first place yeah
1: and when I say first book I mean the first published book I've written um this is the third book that I've finished a manuscript for uh and then like you know countless other ones I got started and then kind of throw it out um and those earlier books like you know the one previous to that I spent like seven years <laughs> trying to write and got through many many drafts uh but it just never really came together so I feel like that's always kind of a misconception that, like, gets spread that, mm-hmm. you know, these, your fir- first book is actually your first book, um, and I feel like that can be so disheartening to writers, you know, because um, you feel like, hey, I wrote this thing, you know, it's going to win a million awards, so blah, 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 but, like, why would you ever be amazing at something the very first time you try it? You know, it takes it going through it a ton of times <laughs> before you really get a sense of, how did I even go about it? Um, right. But So you were asking just how did I get into writing and stuff? Um, I've been writing since I was a little kid. Um, and actually my dad just found a bunch of like really old stuff from like second grade, uh, like really weird, bizarre stories that he was sending me photos of. He found like a folder of old papers. Um, so, like, for sure, my parents have, like, always encouraged me and, like, helped to write little stories with me. Like, one of the things he found was, like, a skit that we had written together for uh, a school play about, like, uh, lawyers for kids. No, uh, Yeah. <laughs> uh, That's cute. Yeah. Cute. <laughs> and then I have a super weird educational background. Um, so, like, I've gone to a bunch of alternative art schools. I was like partially homeschooled with a group of like nine kids one year and like 12 another year. Um, So had a lot of unique learning experiences Um, and at that like artsy homeschool, one of the things that we actually did, uh, my memory might not be great because I was in like second or third grade, but I think it was every day. It might've been once a week, but we had writer's workshop. Um, so we got to do like free writes and stuff. And then we would actually workshop our pieces with each other, which is kind of hilarious. if I think about it now, but like, uh, we loved it and we took it so, so seriously. Um, Aww. Yeah. And at the end of every year, we would put out a little, like, um, I guess it was a book, It's much longer than a zine, so of all of our stories and poems and things like that. So I think, like, that is a really strong memory for me of, like, really sparking that creative, um, you know, kind of joy and excitement about that stuff. Because it was, like, really, like, a cool thing to do, spend all this time writing and talking with everybody about it.
0: Uh, That's awesome. So this is a lifelong journey for you, really. Yeah,
1: yeah, definitely. Uh, pretty yeah. much, have just been writing constantly, um, but, you know, like, it's not really something that makes a ton of money, so, like, it hasn't been my profession, per se. You know, it's something sure. that, like, I've had to kind of fit in around the rest of my life, so.
0: Right. So, what is your profession, if I might
1: ask? Yeah, uh, so, right now, I'm a software engineer, um, but I pretty recently transitioned into doing that, I actually, it's kind of funny, I, I quit my, so I've worked in the tech industry for over a decade, but I've done like all the different roles within there. I was an English lit major, which pre- like prepared me for doing absolutely nothing.
0: <laughs>
1: so I worked at like a bookstore and then I worked for the census uh, and then eventually found my way into doing like tech writing. So a little bit of that writing translated over into the technical stuff. Um, But yeah, I've kind of like transitioned throughout my career, um, going like into analyst and project management work. Um, And then a few years ago, like around 2016, I quit my job as an analyst um, and Basically spent a bunch of time focusing on writing uh, because that was, you know, my dream and then also trying to figure out whether I wanted to transition into being a software engineer, kind of trying to find something that like could support me uh, while I was doing my art that I would feel like fulfilled in doing. Uh, The nice thing about programming is that it's, like, actually really creative, um, and, like, every day is something new, and you get to do a lot of problem solving, so I feel like there's a ton of tie-ins to storytelling, so, like, yeah, I was just kind of looking at what I was doing and seeing that, like, I wasn't going to be happy if I had to be, like, an analyst or a project manager for the rest of my life, Uh, so Mm -hmm. trying to figure out how to be fulfilled creatively, both professionally and then, you know, in my
0: free time. Absolutely. Yeah. So having to carve out space in your busy life, so that you can maintain your writing. I know that that's a challenge for, you know, many authors who are working a a day job, so to speak. And, um, you know, you've got other responsibilities. And it's like, we have to find our time to write, though. That's a, such an important space, that creative outlet. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, for I sure. I think it's
1: really, you know, like what sustains you, too. You know, that's that's at least what it was for me. Like, yes. uh, if I got to spend a little bit of time in the morning working towards something that I cared about, And it didn't really matter what else happened during the day. (laughs) You know, it could be totally pointless. (laughs) But, like, I did that little thing to move myself closer to whatever goal I had. Or just, you know, to feel fulfilled, right?
0: Yes. And I really feel that, um, you know, I I feel everyone is creative, Mm -hmm. obviously, because everyone is unique and has their own voice. Mm -hmm. And and So. so I really... Part of the mission of this podcast is, um, you know, to encourage people to creative expressions, you know, whatever that looks like for them. And, um, it's something that I call feeding your soul mm-hmm. where, like you said, it sustains you. If you can reach that, that place where you're, you know, able to express yourself creatively or, um, just do what feeds your soul it does sustain you for whatever else yes what else whatever else yeah
1: (laughs) I completely agree and I was super excited to like um listen to a couple of the episodes of your podcast and hear that mission because like I I I totally agree and I like it totally that's one of the things that like I'm really passionate about too um and like the other thing too is like don't not to put like pressure on yourself about your creativity, you know, like, uh, I think it was Brandon Sanderson, I heard him talking about this, but like, for whatever reason, people like to think that like, whenever you talk about writing, it's like, oh, are you published? Like, that's really not the important Mm. thing. Like, not everybody needs to be a professional, right? Like, you can do that as a hobby. Um, And he made the comparison to basketball. (laughs) Like, if you said, like, oh, I like to play basketball, like, oh, are you in the NBA? Like, no it just shows how ridiculous it is right like we should like be encouraged to have creative pursuits without needing to be the very best at them right
0: yes yes there was oh gosh I'm racking my brain and I'll have to put it in the show notes um this man's last name um on the creative pen Mm -hmm. Podcast. yes I love that podcast um I do too (laughs) Um Joanna was interviewing um Chris and this was like over a year ago. I I go back was to this episode Fox? all the time. Was like it Chris that? Fox? The I don't think it was Chris Fox. I think he has a longer okay. name. He was talking about writing without um without the use of social media, like marketing without the use of okay. social media. And that's why I always go back to it because I'm like, yes, how do you do it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, no, because that's right. She um talked about plot gardening with Chris. Mm, Fox. Okay.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. But um, anyway, the whole idea um, Chris Downing. Okay. Chris Downing, Christopher Downing, because he talked about dictation mm-hmm. and zero social media. And now I completely forgot why I wanted to reference him. Oh, um, because he always encourages free mm-hmm. writing. So like, before you even get to your project, you just sit down and write whatever's in right. your head. And he feels like if you do that, if you take that step, to kind of clear the path to what you, like you said, what you want to care about, what you care about, what you you want to connect to what you care about. Um, that kind of clears the path if you do the free writing, but you see there that the free writing is valuable. Right. So it's like, I think you're absolutely right. It's not, are you published? It's, you know, are you feeding your soul? Are you connecting, you know, with, with something deeper than just what's happening, around yeah. you. I I don't know. It's just, yeah, it's so important. I totally agree. So let me ask you this. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're talking about mission and we're getting really excited. Here. <laughs> I can tell we're both very passionate about mm-hmm. these things. Would you, would you say that this is very, pretty on par with your mission
1: in the stories you tell. Yeah, I, I definitely think so. And like, uh, we'll get into mole rocks a little bit, but like, it's definitely on par for like the mission with mole rocks. Um, but I, mm-hmm. I also love that. Like, that's a question that you ask Cause I mean, I feel like, uh, diving deep into that kind of thing is so important and kind of using your mission to, come back to when you're trying to figure out what you want to write about um, is so important. Mm. Um, But one of the other things that's like really important to me is um, empathy. Um, And I think books are one of the best ways to do that um, and encourage people Mm. to kind of look at the world through different people's eyes um, and to kind of expand their minds. So I'd say like empathy, compassion, uh, creativity and um, like curiosity uh I like
0: yeah. the things that
1: are really important to me I and mean, like a sense of wonder but i think that kind of ties into curiosity right like just the open yeah. mind about the world um uh, and not being so like closed in on just our own experiences
0: right right yes opening opening mm-hmm. up the mind <laughs> i love that i love that uh so Mulrocks Rocks. Mm-hmm. I, I told you we were going to go off script a little bit because I really want to hear about Mulrocks Rocks and the Mall <laughs> Like what, what um, kind of, uh, what part of your mission, I guess, were you focusing on in that story? And I mean, Mulrocks Rocks, I'm not very far into the book because I'm a very slow reader. But
1: <laughs> yeah. you are too?
0: Oh, good. I always feel guilty no. about that. People are like... <laughs> I love to read, but I
1: am such a slow reader. Like... <laughs> oh, my gosh. Me
0: too. It's like, how many books have you read this month? Um, one. <laughs> and I'm
1: still working <laughs> on it. Yeah.
0: That's right. That's right. That's right. But, um, yeah. So what part of your mission would you say mall rocks kind of encapsulate yeah or illustrates is a better word
1: so i mean i think the theme of the book um is about learning to kind of embrace your, i don't think i'm giving anything away but i like learning to embrace your imperfections um and you know kind of the learning to see value in them um and you know it's something that i have struggled with a ton um is like I don't really like the word perfectionist because I feel like it doesn't create a lot of space for kind of difference. But, um, you know, it's been very hard for me to share my work with other people because I'm so worried about what they'll think of it or if it's good enough. Um, And like, you know, even Mall Rocks went through like 17 drafts. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And like, mm, like 12 of those before I was willing to like show it to an editor um so like it's just a big step for me um like because i just i keep wanting to improve on things which i think is good but you know it can be really uh limiting and really terrifying so like that was a topic that i wanted to tackle in this book um and kind of because i like to deal with issues that you know like i particularly struggle with um because like it continues to be like interesting for me you know if i'm spending multiple years working on something i want it to be a problem that like i i'm grappling with because um, i think it brings authenticity and then it also like we've talked about you know you're feeling your creative well like why not work on things that you have issues with right. um, so sure it ties in i think to that aspect right and um, creativity and then the other aspects of my mission, I just try to keep those in focus, so like, um, there's a sort of bully character um, in the start, but like uh, as book grows yeah. on, uh, that character like takes on a little bit more depth um, and like you know he ended up being one of my more favorite characters to write by the end. Um, so
0: mm. uh,
1: there's that empty, right. right exactly and like. <laughs> You know, yeah. at the start, uh, the main character, Mulrocks, has certain perceptions about all sorts of characters, right? And, like, whether they're valuable or not, or whether they're weird. Um, and as the book goes on, I think that grows and evolves. And, like, I try to give... Uh, it can be too complicated if you give everybody, like, a massive arc. But I try to give even the side characters a little bit of arc so that... Um, yeah they feel like real people right um and you can kind of immerse yourself in that world and you know expand your mind a little Mm -hmm. bit
0: yeah so will there be a mall two?
1: too or a follow-up there'll be a direct sequel um and that has to do with like kind of how the book ends um but and that's not really giving anything away but uh I do have some ideas for some other stories, kind of in the same world or with some of the side characters. So that's kind of in. Oh, nice. Back yeah. Nice.
0: Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your story-making process. How long did it take you to write Morox? And I don't even know how many words it is. It's a pretty yeah, pretty
1: long book. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, <laughs> <It's been> yeah. <laughs> shorter and
1: longer over the different drafts. Uh, I think it's somewhere around ninety thousand words, a little bit less. Uh, okay, maybe that's right. Yeah, yeah. That's, So many versions; it's hard to keep yeah, track. Yeah, right. um, So it, it's really long, right? <laughs> it's way too long for a traditionally published middle grade book, um, which is part of the reason, you know, I chose to do it independently um, because I felt like it yeah. was the right length for the story um and it, you know yeah. like that was just the length of the story and that's not gonna fit into the marketplace that wants it to be half right um and cutting that right. story in half was not going to be good either so uh that's like what i there's a many wonderful things about being an indie but one of them is that like you get to put the art first right like you have to make all the decisions yeah, based yeah. on what would best serve the art um and like that's super exciting to me. Um, I've yeah. totally gotten off track of your question.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the question, um, story making yeah. process, like are you a plotter? Are you a pantser?
1: I would imagine yeah, I am a, a, a pretty insane plotter. Uh, I used to be a pouncer, uh, so, like, I, and I used to be pretty opinionated about it. I was, like, how could you ever write anything original if you plotted out first? Uh, yeah. and then I wrote, uh, like, a novel that had made no sense, and you couldn't revise, so then I had to learn how to do some outlining, um, but basically, like, my process has been evolving, and I think that that's true for every writer, right? Like, uh, as you grow, you continue to change how you do things. Um, and the last couple of books I've written have been very structured in terms of doing outlining. I don't know if you're familiar with the Story Grid podcast or that book. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I love them. Um, and I love that book. So I definitely use that uh, for helping to chart out more rocks um, and to do the editing. I think like one of the hardest things for me as a writer has been learning how to do that big picture story structure stuff um, and like knowing what to do as a macro edit, right? Like I could micro edit, but that wasn't getting me any closer to a a story that made a lot of sense. So for me, finding the story grid, which like really kind of talks about that stuff. And I think that's where they shine. um, That was super helpful for me. That gave me like direction. Um, And for people who aren't familiar, the story grid, it's a book, uh, written by Sean Coyne, um, and he was a developmental editor for, like, over 20 years with, like, traditional publishers, um, and he does a podcast with, um, Tim Grahl, I think that's right, uh, and, you know, that podcast talks about, like, uh, that goes through the journey of a new writer trying to write a novel with the help of this developmental editor, um, and talk about genre and um, all sorts of stuff so I have a bunch of like I I like have fused my own process Uh, I'm going through it right now Mm -hmm. and like kind of questioning how valuable it is but I have an insane process Mm -hmm. document um from my like years of being a systems (laughs) analyst and like doing all these diagrams and stuff like my professional life is definitely creeping into (laughs) my creative life um
0: Mm
1: -hmm. so like i have a like a plan where it's like you know you do what if questions and then you kind of move into like a, a premise statement with like a character and action and how they change and their like weakness and then kind of go into the more like high level plot points um and then you know like kind of beat out the or describe the story beats Um, And then I've done Mm -hmm. a couple Mm -hmm. books where I write, like, a very, very messy first draft that's kind of more like a very extended outline. um, And then, you know, go back in and do, like, a story grid edit on that um, to see, like, are you hitting highs and lows in the right place? Is each scene turning um, and changing what's happening?
0: Yeah. How long does this process take you? This sounds like a... like
1: you have a pretty lengthy yeah, process. I, I feel like it's probably not safe for me to even answer that. Right? Like uh this one took me okay three years. Um I started I think in twenty seventeen. I think that's right. And it okay. just came out. Um but I definitely yeah. had a break in the middle of that because I was transitioning careers and we moved uh, states Mm. and all sorts of things. And, you know, like starting Fogfield Press, uh, a lot of my time and energy has gone into that. I'd say that like uh, the writing of the book was probably more like a year and a half to two years. And then the rest of it was kind of just like uh, polishing and administrative stuff and, you know, uh, organizing, getting everything together to to get it out the door. I'm hoping it'll start to go faster. I'd rather not spend <laughs> three years for every book. Uh, yeah, yeah.
0: Well, like you said early on, you know, you can't expect to be um, perfect at your right. craft immediately. It It's a process. Yep. And you'll refine your process as you go and, you know, make improvements and tweaks. And you probably will get faster mm-hmm. the more that you are able to
1: focus on that. I'm hoping that like fewer drafts will be, that's kind of my goal is like (laughs) be able to get fewer drafts. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Right.
0: Well, um, here's a a question that I just started asking. Um, like as in you're the second (laughs) person I've asked it to, um, (laughs) um what's the one thing you wish you had known before you started publishing your books or releasing your book babies into the wild oh that's
1: a good question I (laughs) yeah I don't have an immediate answer because like I am somebody who has like extreme analysis paralysis like I will research I, I will just go crazy trying to like analyze everything and come up with the exact right way of doing it um, before I do it. So I feel like I did like three years of research over the book game. Um, Right. I definitely have made mistakes and stuff. Like I accidentally published my paperback before the release date on Amazon, which I've heard is not unusual the way that that UI works, like trying to set a pre-order date and not being allowed to. Um, but I think also just kind of uh, realizing that these things aren't such a big deal, you know, um, which is more kind of like a mental, uh, a mental journey, right? Like just letting go. And like a lot of these things are pretty easy, even though they're really scary. Like at least for me, I, I know some things are not scary for other people, but like, uh, creating a business was really scary for me. Um, you know, the idea of getting reviews was really, really scary for me. So, mm. yeah, yeah. How about you? What was uh, the thing you wish you had known beforehand?
0: Um, well, I—I'll tell you, it's kind of general, but I spent money on things that I mm-hmm. should not have spent money on, and because I was just taking right. people's word for it, I guess. Um, and that was hard, um, a hard lesson to learn because when you don't have a lot of money to begin with, you know, those, those hits are really hard to take. I think I wish I would have just said, I'm going to keep it simple and see what happens. I wish I would have done that rather than I'm going to die. You know, I'm going to take these, um, uh, risks and it just—it's so pay. hard
1: to figure out what the right thing to do with like these situations is. I think like uh, because everybody's situation yeah. is different, like both financially and then like artistically, uh, and like I think we talked about this a little bit um, before we started recording, but like uh, I think the genres make a huge difference too. So what's like really important for a YA author might be totally different for a middle grade author. Um, and what does spend on, um, yes. where your audience is and how to focus your time. And like, I think the reason I don't have a really good answer for you is, you know, I'm a month in, so like, <laughs> all my mistakes have yet to hit yeah. me and I'm sure they will. <laughs> sure. Sure.
0: Yeah. And I, I have to be honest. I, um, I published my first book in February of 2018, 2017, 2018. And um, knew nothing about Mm -hmm. marketing or launching. Um, But then after I did that once and, and then a a workbook came out with that afterwards, but Mm -hmm. it was a nonfiction book about surviving cancer. But then I thought, okay, I'm going to turn to fiction. This should be easier. <laughs> you know, I thought fiction's going to be easier. And I had this middle grade series in my mind that I wanted to write for my kids. And so um, the reason I ask about mission so much is because you have to go back to that because the the I have three books out in that series and it's not really making any money or gaining traction. And it's like, But I'm writing it for my kids. That's really why I'm writing it. I didn't write it so Mm -hmm. that I could become a bestseller or so that I could, you know, make a bunch of money. It was for my kids and they'll always have these. Um, So, you know, you do learn some lessons along the way. Obviously, nobody is going to do it, you know, and your process will become refined like we've talked about. But then it's also like... If you can remember why you're doing what you're doing, what's the mission? And if that's being fulfilled, then really isn't that what matters? I I think that's
1: so, so important. Um, And like, it's something I've been trying to kind of hold on to and use to ground myself or root myself. Because I think, you know, Joanna Pan, we talked about before, talks about uh, comparisonitis. I think that's like really rough. (laughs) I think it's something that all authors Yeah. uh, Well, I won't speak for all authors, but I definitely have struggled with it. I know many others do as well, Um, but like uh, figuring out why you're doing something and what your goals are and making your goals things that you have some level of control over, um, that really helps, I think, to like allow you to be happy for other people, which I think is really important um, because then you can like start to build community and everything too. Um, but yes. like, yeah, for me, the goal of this book, and I was actually looking at this this morning, kind of before I talked to you, <laughs> uh, cause I also have like a mission written out too, um, it inspired me to go back and look at that. Uh-huh. Um, but like the goal was to put something out into the world that I was proud of, um, to like put something out that would like spark joy in other people. And, like, I started writing it in a time that, like, mm. I was a little depressed about the way the world was going. So, like, what can I do to put some, like, light and happiness back out into the world, you know? Um, and, like, if you can do yeah. that, if you can, like, connect to one reader, you know, and that's kind of, like, what my goal was, you know, like, connect to one reader, um, you know, like, have be proud of it yourself, you know, that those are really the goals that matter. Right. And then like other people don't like it. Like, yeah, you can't really control that. Um, You know, one thing that like, I think is inspiring slash depressing (laughs) is like, if you pick your favorite book, uh, and you go on to Goodreads, you will like inevitably find reviews that are tearing your favorite book apart. You know, the book that you wish you could like have written Mm. in your wildest dreams, right? Like, (laughs) right and and like i feel like that's super freeing right no matter what you do somebody's not going to like it um so like you just have to figure out what your goals are and then stick with that
0: that's right that's right yeah i love that so what if anything um would you be willing or able to share with us about what you're yeah.
1: working on um, now? So, so I just finished releasing and trying to do like book launching for Wool Rocks. So I literally this week <laughs> have been kind of starting the process. So I have nothing like, I So what I wanted to do was just write something completely new, just follow inspiration, not try to go based on any genre or anything else, just, like, whatever is inspiring me right now. Because it's been several years since I've written something yes. just completely first draft, you know, um, the, that kind of, like, wild, spontaneous creativity phase, which I love. <laughs> so I wanted to give myself yeah. the opportunity to do that. Um, and so there's not much to show there because I just, like – what I've done so far is write like a hundred "what if" questions that have nothing to do with each other, <laughs> like a free write <laughs> um, on one of them. And so there's yeah. that. Um, but previous to put like putting out more rocks, I had written two other first drafts um, of different books. So one is a like kind of spooky middle grade um, with fairies, kind of set in contemporary. So, I don't know. Is I like, yeah, urban fiction? Or urban fantasy? Like that? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I think that one would be fun, and that could potentially expand into a series. Um, and then the other thing, project I had is a YA or adult uh, cli-fi, so, like, uh, climate science fiction Um set in like a secondary alternative world um so that one I'm pretty excited about as well um yeah
0: nice nice so you've got got yeah options (laughs) (laughs) that's fun Well, where can people uh, get a hold of you or your stories? So
1: at carolynsmith.com is my website and I have links out to basically everything there. Uh, My name is spelled super weird. Um, It's K-E-R-E-L-Y-N. Smith is spelled normally. Um, and I'm at like Carolyn Smith or Carolyn Smith author on most social media platforms. Though I'm not particularly good at social media. <laughs> and then my book is available, mm-hmm. um, like basically anywhere that you can buy books online. So Amazon, Barnes and Noble, any place that's, uh, sponsored through IndieBound. So most, uh, most books, independent bookstores that have an online storefront, um, you can actually buy the book through there as well.
0: Well, I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Carolyn Smith. That happened back in May. So, my apologies to Carolyn for while I was the first podcaster to interview her, I was not the first podcaster to publish that interview or the interview they had with her. Um, But after talking with Carolyn and May, um, I did find myself overtaken with work, family life, and emotions, as I've already talked about. This global pandemic has just put us all in a little bit of a, a blender, so to speak. So while it took me seven months to finally blog about it, to get this podcast episode out, it was very enjoyable for me to revisit the conversation and to remember some of the encouraging words that Carolyn shared with me. She may not know, but she is naturally encouraging and bright, and I really like that person. So I hope that you get to know her a little bit better and that you go right ahead in the meantime and grab your copy of Malrocks and the Malcognitos and settle down for a fun read. If you've got kiddos, they're gonna love this story. And don't forget to do the voices. And if you don't want to do voices, and if you prefer, Malrocks is available in audiobook as well. So whichever way you choose to consume Mulrocks and the Malcognitos, just enjoy it. I hope to be back with you next week. I plan to be back with you next week with another author interview that was done earlier this year. And um, hopefully you'll come back and take a listen. I hope that you enjoyed the conversation today and that you were able to just feel inspired, encouraged, or at least a little bit entertained in the course of the conversation All right, my friends, have a wonderful week. And in the meantime, be well.